Insights and wisdom lie within every business decision. Welcome to the Leaders by Ivy podcast, where we discover hidden narratives and unlock key learnings for our own leadership and career journeys. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Leaders by Ivy podcast. I'm Matt Quinn. Today's guest is Catherine Chandler Critchlow, Executive Director of Career Management Corporate Recruiting at Ivy. Catherine has a tremendous amount of experience speaking about the workforce. And in this conversation, she looks ahead at what the future of work might look like. Her positive outlook is infectious and speaks to a future of tremendous opportunity. She notes that we're living in the bubble of the future of work. I hope you like this conversation as much as I did. Enjoy. Hey, Catherine, thanks very much for joining us. Let's dive right in. With so much change happening for our business, for our school, for our country, what do you think are some of the things that a student should be looking at and considering when planning out their career? That's that's an important question because I think there may be a perception that what has happened in the workforce landscape now is going to continue to remain exactly as it is. And I think that is a that is one point that students need to understand, that we are at a point in time where this pandemic has forced our organizations to basically rethink how they do things in the short term. But the, the good part of all of this is that this market will rebound. We will get opportunities coming forward for students. And for us, we have been very fortunate in that employers continue to signal to us that they will continue to hire at our school. They continue to be interested in our students. And so what we are working on is to help students recognize that you need to be ready. You need to get yourself market ready with all the things that you would normally do to go after building a career. And that you do those in such a manner that when you are in the phase of recruiting, you are coming over as authentic and uh, relaxed and as normal as possibly could be done in this environment um, as you might do in a face-to-face environment. And so it's helping students to develop more precise definitions of what are their strengths. What are their skills? What are their competencies? What is the experience that they have had in the past that could be useful for a range of different sectors? And so the the readiness that has to take place now for students is not just uh, in the areas that we would have done previously, but it's being able to present themselves in a face-to-face format or um, in this virtual format um, just as effectively as you would do otherwise. And that is sometimes a challenge, and you know, but our students are savvy, and we have no doubts that they would do well when it comes to the actual recruiting process. Oh, that's great. And I know that you and I have talked offline about you know, some of the resources that are available for Ivy students. So let's talk for a minute about uh, uh, what Ivy students should be doing and, and taking advantage of as a student. Ivy is world-renowned for the services that it provides to students in terms of careers while they are at Ivy. But our greatest support is what we provide for students after they graduate. And all of our graduates have the option uh, to come back and continue with coaching sessions three to six months after they graduate. 
they have the option to be able to understand where employers are continuing to, to pivot and look at new opportunities going forward. So to learn uh, where they can position themselves. We also continue to provide information sessions, whether those are through webinars or any other form of communication to help them uh, identify how they can look at other sectors rather than the specific ones that may have come into the program with. So we hope that our students will continue to stay engaged. We hope that they would be in touch with us and look for coaching sessions if they need to practice their interviewing skills and so on. They have an option to do that. So my biggest call out to our recent graduates, stay involved, stay engaged. Let's help you understand where the markets are going so that you could be ready for recruitment when the uh, employers begin to recruit again. Not only are students scanning and thinking thinking ahead, but also employers, businesses, industries are scanning ahead for things that might actually persist after uh, after the pandemic has has ramped down and we're on to different phases. What are your thoughts on some of the things that might persist and how employers and employees might need to adjust to this norm that we might not even know what it looks like right now? I think some of the things that will exist are the functional areas that employers would look for. And what do I mean by that? Employers will continue to look for, for individuals who understand strategy, operations, marketing, and other specializations. I think those things will not change. How many and in how they spread across sectors and organizations might vary, but I think the functional areas will remain the same. What would change, I think, is the interpersonal competencies that employers would be looking for. And specifically, what we are hearing from employers is that they are going to be continuing to recruit online. And quite likely, they would also onboard online. They may have some of their new recruits actually assuming positions in this virtual mode initially. And so, students then would need to have an understanding of the new competencies that one needs to develop for a virtual environment. So how do you participate in a team? How do you get a new form of communication and engagement in a virtual environment? And how do you begin to understand what your role is in an organization and where you add value? I think a lot of that is going to change. And it would happen very quickly because organizations are already beginning to post for jobs for our 2021 classes. So this is something that students would need to build and not rely simply on their functional knowledge and have that, that really good mix of functional and interpersonal capabilities. I'm envisioning um, some of our listeners might be, might be listening to this thinking, I am currently looking for a job, I just graduated, or I'm in a transition period, but the coronavirus is happening. Catherine, could you, could you give us some advice for those listeners on what you would suggest is a key for success during this time? Well, I think people who are either transitioning or who have just graduated and are coming into what seems to be a difficult employment uh, season may initially feel overwhelmed. Or they may originally feel that there's very little likelihood that they could land the ideal positions that they may be interested in. 
this is a point uh, where they need to, to get engaged as quickly as possible, either with employment agencies, uh, some of those are provided by uh, provinces and, and municipalities. They can get involved in their schools, career management programs. There are a number of opportunities for engagement. And I would suggest that is um, item number one that they need to look at. Because through engagement, they will be able to also identify how markets are shifting, how organizations and companies are changing their recruitment strategy so they can begin to align to where the market is going rather than not being aware as to new opportunities that might be emerging. Can you talk briefly about where some of these resources might be, where uh, an interested person could go to to learn more? Well, I think it's important to consider that there are a number of resources that are either local or federal or provincial that, that people can re- to tap into. For example, if you are in a region, a community, whether it's in Ottawa or London or Toronto, all of these municipalities have an economic development council. And those councils provide updated information in terms of sectoral development for that region. So if you're interested in one of those regions, as an example, that is a possible source that you can go to to understand what's happening there. Similarly, if you wanted to look at what may be happening in different business areas, there are also organizations like the Conference Board of Canada, the the Business Council of Canada, that provides information on what's happening in broader sectors, whether that is financial services, whether that is in, you know, CPG and others. But I think there's another source that we often don't tap into as much as we could, and that is the not-for-profit associations that provide uh, opportunities for those who are interested in emerging areas, for example, sustainable um, investing and others. So you can look at organizations that are providing current information on what's emerging and what's happening not only in the for-profit but in the not-for-profit sector uh, because students I think and individuals can miss a number of opportunities that are available in in the not-for-profits because they're just not even looked at. So there's there's a real plethora of organizations and types and sectors and it's important to tap into all of them to get a real sense of where you fit. Well, that's great. And and again, for those listening, Google, check it out. If you want to follow up, uh, make sure to, to check the Ivy website for other resources as well. With so much information hitting us all the time and change happening uh, more rapidly than maybe we're used to, overwhelm can be an issue, whether you're a student, uh, whether you're a leader, uh, whether you're an organization. Catherine, can you talk a little bit about what we can consider or do to help prevent that overwhelm? I think that's a very important question because it affects everyone, um, not necessarily in the same manner, but it comes to all of us. And I think when we are experiencing change that seems to be accelerated in some way, you know, we've had to leave situations very quickly. We have had to have students uh, or children who have been taken out of care or other situations of that all very quickly. It is quite easy to feel overwhelmed. And I think this is where it is important to look at some of our leadership competencies and how competencies such as sense-making could be used to help develop 
a mindset, help develop an approach to deal with all of the myriad of things that are taking place around you and not be overwhelmed. So I, I would recommend that people use a competency like sense making, which is, uh, you know, very important for ambiguous and changing situations. Could you, for a moment, just give us one or two things or things we could do or employ to to start that sense-making? I know you mentioned taking a pause and reflection. Talk about that a little bit more. Well, I think that there are a number of things, steps that could be taken. And, and I usually say to people when I, when I speak about sense-making is to try and create those little buckets, if I could call it that, or boxes, and put the situations in the appropriate box. You know, you could look at what needs to be done with childcare. You can look at what needs to be done with your curriculum. How do you manage work? I mean, the, you can create all of these boxes where you can cluster the specific issues. And when those are clustered, you can begin to assess what is the problem in this particular area? What is the challenge in another? Also be able to compare and contrast where are the pressure points in different areas. It's also possible to take an approach of developing a plan to deal with childcare or your study program or just how you manage your time, how you do build work-life balance in this virtual environment. And all of this calls for one of the most important abilities, and that is for us to pause and do some self-reflection, do some retrospection in terms of what has what has changed and what can I do um, going forward. And what it does is that it provides an opportunity to have little plans that you can work on, things that you can manage. And so as opposed to be um, feeling overwhelmed, you actually end up with distinct little plans for dealing with the family dealing with work, dealing with communication and others. So I think this is a competency um, that is much underused, but is very much needed in this ambiguous and changing period. Now, Catherine, I want to take a, a bit of a, a, another path here for this. You're an author and presenter on the future of work. And so much is up in the air right now. You've talked a little bit about some things that you see moving forward and what the future might look like. Could you, could you talk a little bit more about what you think of the nature of work that we're currently experiencing and, and maybe what you might hypothesize is going to happen in the future? Well, that's a fascinating question for me. And the future of work has always been one of the emerging trends and topics that has been a passion for me. Uh, and because of my background in, in human capital development, I have always looked at these conversations and the discussions about the future of work and have been a bit bewildered by the fact that heavy emphasis is placed on what work looks like. But there's very little emphasis played on the worker, the individuals who have to experience or work in these changing environments. And I would argue that the work that we have seen from a host of organizations, and I can tell you, if you want to learn more about what's happening in this space, there are organizations like the World Economic Forum, which all countries contribute to, the World Bank, Conference Board of Canada and others, all talking about how the future of work is going to be impacted by technology. And here we are, we are talking about the changing nature of work, and that has been impacted by a pandemic. And we are, I would argue, living in that bubble that people have been describing as the future of work. 
this is it. And in fact, technologies are now seen as enablers. They are seen as um, the, the glue that's holding organizations together in this, in this context. So I think what we now need to step back and think about is not so much the changing nature of work, but how do we continue to build robust organizations in which people are the center of our development? in which people and their skills and capabilities and the values that we have in organizations continue to be the strength of that organization. Because I would argue, and you, you know, we suggested I can look forward and um, sort of predict what I see. I would argue that the organizations that are going to strive and do really well going forward are the ones who have been able to sustain and build strong teams, individuals who can work together in group decision-making, the individuals who can contribute to their departments outside of their original functions, uh, all towards having uh, very strong institutions. And so I think rather than technology being um, a risk, it has turned all organizations into ones where they've got to place increased value on their greatest assets, and that's the people. And I think we will see more and more of that happening. So, you know, the last question that I've got today is really around what would you like the listener to think about or consider, or is there a cause that you're passionate about that you'd like uh, the listener to sit back and think about and maybe get involved with? Uh, anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? My greatest cause is providing opportunities for all individuals as best as we can to reach their greatest potential. You know, at Ivy, we do that continuously. We try to ensure that our curricula, we try to ensure that our career management programs, we try to ensure that the work that we do with alumni all are in the benefit of our students. But thinking outside of the Ivy walls, we have communities that require people who can contribute and help to develop those areas there where organizations and individuals don't have access to the sort of resources that we may have, for example, at Ivy. And I think it's important that as we go forward, that we think of how we strengthen the communities in which we live. We ensure that those who are disadvantaged, who may not be able to have access, for example, to the same technologies that we are using to be able to have and provide in, uh, effective education for their children, that we, we give back. And I feel very strongly that for those of us who have been able to excel at whatever we do, uh, for those of us who have been able to grow um, in whatever sectors or careers that we have developed, that we look forward and think of how we bring others along, whether it is within the institutions, whether it's within our communities or in communities that we are not actively in, but where we can provide some guidance. So I believe very strongly in giving back. I believe very strongly that human capital development is a responsibility of every individual. You don't have to have specialized in it, but as long as you have a skill and a capability and people who can learn from that, I think it's a real opportunity. And we are seeing it now where we can give back in tangible um, ways and in, in real situations. So I hope that we can do that. Well, that's great, Catherine. Thank you for uh, joining us today. And when thinking about the future of work, it's clear to me that uh, it is about the people. 
And it is about people helping others in the community, helping their community grow. And the organizations that you feel are going to really set the stage for the future are the ones that do that, uh, helping inside and outside the organization. Thank you to Ivy's own Catherine Chandler Critchlow for joining us on the Leaders by Ivy podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and that her positive outlook rubbed off on you. Be sure to subscribe and join us next time as we continue to dive deep into leadership and how it impacts individuals, organizations, and teams alike. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.